This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Monday, July 17th. I'm Gavin McGough. And I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, affordable housing in one, two, three. Smart looks to fine-tune accessibility service. Poetry is dope. And a mountain weather forecast. But first, a Utah woman died on Saturday after a motorcycle crash on Slick Rock Bridge. According to the San Miguel County Coroner's Office, Brandy Riffey was the rear passenger of a Harley when the driver lost control and ran into the guardrail of the bridge. Both riders came off the bike. Neither were wearing a helmet. Riffey was 39 years old. Dove Creek Ambulance and Care Flight made every effort for over an hour to save Riffey, but were unsuccessful. The case remains under investigation. Riffy is survived by her parents, Tim and Dola, her brother Stephen, and her children, McKenna, Lacey, Brett, and Nolan. In many ways, affordable housing is a numbers game. How many units are available? What income level should be prioritized? How much will construction cost? Well, there's a new number in the housing world, and it's a big one. 300 million. That's an estimate of the annual affordable housing funds now available for Colorado towns and municipalities. Voters approved the funding last November, says program director for the town of Telluride, Lance McDonald. The state in uh, May and June started to initiate programs uh, for which local communities could apply for grants. McDonald spoke to town council last week on the new funding source, which comes from Proposition 123 a ballot measure approved by Colorado voters. Accessing that money comes with some commitments. Essentially what that commitment requires is that the jurisdiction or the county is a um, county or municipality is required to build X percent of units, affordable housing units, over the next three-year period. Telluride would have to commit to building 12 units for community members making at or below 60 percent of the area's median income. The town could also opt to build for sale units made available to residents making the average area income or below. McDonald continues. So pretty much in line with what we typically do on our projects. So um, we have uh, filled out the commitment form and submitted it. We're waiting to hear the response. Telluride's efforts to lock down the funding make it one of the first communities in the state to sign up, says McDonald. There are 337 uh, jurisdictions in the state that are eligible for these funds. And so far, Salida, Sheridan, Hayden, Rangeley, Colorado Springs, Boulder, the County of Boulder, Erie, Flagler, and Pritchett have opted in to this. So we would be not the first, but we'd be very close to getting it done very quickly. Some municipalities are hesitating as committing to an increase in housing inventory involves a big push. But Telluride is already in the planning stages for multiple projects. So McDonald says it's time to take the leap. You'll hear a handful of town council members agree. We would just like to get in the door as quickly as possible. The, the deadline for opting in for Prop 123 is, uh, I believe it's October or November. So we're early, but um, we have projects. So we should get in. Seems like a no-brainer. no-brainer. The state will notify the town if its commitment is accepted. Following that, the funds will be dispersed. The San Miguel Authority for Regional Transportation discussed improvements to the county's bus system. 
KOTO's Grace Richards pulled up with the details. The San Miguel Authority for Regional Transportation, or SMART, plans to fine-tune its accessibility services. SMART is responsible for four regional bus routes, Norwood, Down Valley, Lawson Hill, and Rico. Executive Director David Averill says that all of the buses on these routes have assistive technology for people with disabilities, but additional requirements also exist from those who cannot access the buses. Because regular fixed routes are required to, as part of the Americans with Disabilities Act, provide what's called complementary paratransit service within a three-quarter mile buffer of that route. Although calls for paratransit services are few and far between, Averill says that it is vital for SMART to be able to deliver on its promises. But the risk is that if you can't provide the trip, that's a civil rights violation, right? So you need to be ready to do it. Averill and committee advisor Carrie Stefano hope to improve SMART's action plan for these calls. And the reason we've, we've been looking at this is because, like, like Carrie said, Mountain Village did have a request for a paratransit trip. Uh, they were able to meet it. We have a plan to be able to meet them as well. Um, but Carrie and I don't feel like it's probably the best plan. Um, in other words, we can do better. Another augmentation that bus commuters can look forward to is newer vehicles. SMART was one of six agencies in Colorado to receive a 233000 grant from the U.S. Department of Transportation. SMART plans to use these funds in 2024 for replacement vehicles. Um, but I think that speaks to the need we have for replacement vehicles. I think that folks at the federal level are recognizing that. In addition, Stefano has been rethinking route maps, poring over data and demographic information that could point to where public transportation is most needed. She took into consideration people with disabilities, ridership patterns, and other data. I weighted all that evenly, but I did give some additional weight to the people that I knew were driving into Telluride. However, the committee won't make any hasty decisions. SMART hopes to add routes where they are both needed and wanted. Just because an area might look like it needs transportation does not necessarily mean that the people would use it. And we don't, you know, like we don't want to be starting routes that people aren't really interested in using. I'm KOTO reporter Grace Richards. Poetry is dope. It's fun, I promise. <laughs> um, and, and it can feel really empowering to do something new, um, to do something you didn't think you could. Um, and I think that The Fig is the perfect space to try. That's Jackie Garcia, co-founder of The Fig, Telluride space for local and emerging art. I've pinned it specifically as a place for emerging artists. So people who maybe have never tried something before or have been trying something in their bedroom all alone for months and months and haven't gotten up the courage to share it with our community yet. Um, and so we just hope to create a really inclusive, really supportive space where people can try and share their art with us. Um, and we're always really stoked to see that happen. This week, The Fig will host a Poetry is Dope Poetry Night in collaboration with the Wilkinson Public Library and the Talking Gourds Poetry Club. I almost view this as a hybrid event because it's going to be a little bit higher energy than some of our previous workshops, I think. Um, we're hoping to have a turnout that can have a lot of fun. The workshop will be hosted by San Miguel County Poet Laureate Joanna Spindler. She has coined this as uh, you leave with a poem or your money back. 
and she's hoping for community input. Um, and she'll also be giving a little bit of a presentation. And there will be several prompts throughout the course of the workshop that she will be presenting at. So I imagine we'll also uh, be able to hear some poetry from Joanna herself, which I'm very excited about. And if you haven't heard Joanna read poetry, it's always a treat. Garcia jokes with money back. The event is free. The goal, Garcia notes, is to give people an outlet for creative expression in a safe environment. We really believe uh, that everyone can be an artist um, with the fig, and we encourage everyone to try because art, at the end of the day, I think comes down to expression, and it can be a great outlet for everyone um, if they so choose. And I think there are a lot of spaces in town for established artists. Telluride is really lucky in that way, especially I think with music. We get a lot of really big music names in town, but we don't often allow our own local community to try and be an artist themselves in the low stakes environment. So um, it is important for us to create an environment that people feel confident and comfortable trying something new in. Um, and especially, especially if they've never thought that this was their sort of um, environment that they wanted to present something to a crowd of people, or if they never wanted to even write a poem. The Poetry is Dope Poetry Workshop will take place Wednesday, July 19th from 7 to 9 p.m. at the Telluride Arts HQ. The event is free and open to the community. RNA-based drugs rose to the forefront during the COVID-19 pandemic. They are flexible and efficient and can be adapted easily to new targets. And scientists say in the coming years, RNA therapies will advance treatments for everything from cancer to sickle cell anemia to hepatitis C. This week, RNA therapeutics will be the topic of the Telluride Science and Innovation Center's Town Talk. Dr. Athma Pai of UMass Chan Medical School will lead the conversation, focusing on the latest advances in RNA understanding and applications. Dr. Pai is an RNA systems geneticist. She was recently awarded the Career Grant from the National Science Foundation to support her work on mRNA splicing. The RNA Therapeutics, Recoding Drug Design One Gene at a Time, talk will take place on Tuesday, July 18th from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. at the Telluride Conference Center in Mountain Village. The event is free and open to the community. Climate change is a reality of our time. So what can we do about it on the local level? Montezuma Land Conservancy, in partnership with Western Colorado University, has been working with GIS mapping tools to analyze the impact of climate change in San Miguel, Dolores, and Montezuma counties. They're using that data to help residents talk about climate resilience and find ways to steward land in the face of the changing climate. This week, Montezuma Land Conservancy will be in Telluride to share results from the study, discuss, gather input, and generate ideas for the future. The event is open for anyone interested in learning more about climate change and resilience in our corner of the Southwest. The Climate Resilience Talk will take place on Thursday, July 20th from 2 to 3 p.m. at the Wilkinson Public Library. The president of the Navajo Nation was in Washington last week, appealing to the U.S. Senate for additional resources to complete a water pipeline project on the reservation. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, Clark Adamitis of KSUT and KSJD has more. About 30% of Navajo Nation households have no running water. The nation started working on a large water infrastructure project in 2009. 
The project connects the eastern part of the Navajo Nation with Gallup, New Mexico, and the San Juan River. The tribe has used $870 million in federal funding to build the pipeline. And while federal guidelines require completion next year, work is nowhere close to being done. On Wednesday, Navajo Nation President Boo Nigren appealed to the U.S. Senate for more money and more time. This region has long suffered from limited access to clean and reliable water, resulting in immense uh, hardship for our people. Nigren said inflation, increases in water treatment costs, and the COVID-19 pandemic are some of the causes for the project shortfalls. The areas to be served by the project currently rely on depleting groundwater supply that is poor quality and the existing supply is inadequate to meet the demands of more than 43 Navajo local governments, the city of Gallup, the TP junction at the Hickory Apache Nation. Nigren said the project needs another five years to be completed and an additional $1.3 billion in federal funding. The U.S. Senate is currently considering a bill that will give the Navajo Nation these resources. For KSUT and KSJD, I'm Clark Adamitis. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for mostly clear skies tonight with a low near 50 degrees. Tuesday brings a chance of rain and thunderstorms in the afternoon with otherwise sunny skies and a high near 85. A chance of showers lingers overnight on Tuesday with cloudy skies and a low near 50. Wednesday calls for mostly sunny skies and a high near 85 degrees with wind and a 50% chance of showers in the afternoon. Wednesday night calls for cloudy skies and a low near 40 degrees. This has been the news for Monday, July 17th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206. And now, a personal commentary. Once again, join us on Wednesday night as another spectacular sunset lights up the Wilson Range and music fills the air of the Sunset Plaza in Mountain Village. The Sunset Music Series, now in its 23rd season, is one of the region's great summer music traditions. This Wednesday, Boyd Meets Girl comes to the Mountain Village, and new to the Sunset Music Series is a collaboration with the Telluride Chamber Music Festival to bring a new genre to the Sunset Stage. This classical duo has over 3 million downloads on Spotify and has performed worldwide to impressive acclaim. Attendance is free of charge. Dine-in and to-go meals are available for purchase from many Mountain Village restaurants. Alcoholic beverages purchased from Mountain Village restaurants can also be enjoyed in the expanded common consumption area. Shows begin at 6 p.m. on the lawn near Lift 1 in the Sunset Plaza, and they are held rain or shine. Presented by TMVOA and supporting sponsors, check the full lineup at sunsetmusicseries.com and connect with the Sunset Music Series on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you'd like to comment, please contact a staff person here at Kodo. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.